Hello, and welcome to I Am Shatoria. I am doing a little disclaimer before we get started on our show. This show has some sensitivity, some tears, and some little bit of heartbreak in it. So I prepare you to prepare yourself to get ready for what you're about to listen to. And I pray that it is blessings to you, okay? So again, I am preparing you for what we're about to talk about, some some. So sensitive things. So I pray that it's a blessing and I pray that you get something out of it and know that, you know, we are here to walk in love, live fearlessly, and just have a whole lot of faith. Hope you enjoy it. in California. So you see the lady sitting here, we in our semi-PJs just chilling. But if you're listening to us on all of our wonderful different places to listen to us at, just get a visual of a vacation in California with ladies just sitting around hanging out. So that's what we're doing today. So we're going to have a freelance conversation today. The ladies is like, what questions we have? And it's just going to be open discussion today. Okay. Um, so don't be alarmed because we are really just relaxing. We're our last day of vacation. And so as we are in season four, there's been a lot of changes since we started I Am Shatoria two years ago. And um, with the ladies that I'm sitting here with, you actually heard all of them on the podcast in the past. Now that I think about it, everybody's been on it. So, but no, we coming to you guys this time on our vacation. But one of the topics I really want to talk about today, um, actually it's two is grief and guilt. And a lot of people look at grief as death, you know, in a physical matter, not realizing it's also a spiritual matter too. And then guilt, guilt is a little different because sometimes we feel guilty about many, many different things, but just go about it a different way. So I kind of want to hit on both of those because as we're getting into Thanksgiving, a lot of issues are coming up with families. You know, I feel like that with families, we have such high expectations and then it doesn't go that way. So we've had to learn how to deal with that. And the holidays are always the uh, the roughest times. So we're going to start off with grief. Um, you know, I will say 2020 was definitely a hit for many of us as COVID came in and we lost a lot of members. Um, I would have to say, I think the grief for me the most was in 2017 when I lost my grandmother. Um, I had a complete change and I didn't speak about that change. But physically, um, I lost weight and everything else. But mentally, I lost it. Um, anybody want to speak on their grief and how they dealt with it? So I think I can go. Um, so my grief wasn't so much um, death. It was more so a, like the relationship that I have with my sister. Um, so, I, you know, me and my baby sister, we're about fairly, almost 10 years apart. Um, but it's just the way that in life that where she's at right now in her life that so much brings grief to me because I see so much potential in her and so much things that she can do, but where 
she's at right now, she can't see it. And for me, it pains me to see where she's at. You know, it, it brings me to a place of me trying to help, but I can't. So it, it brings a lot of grief to me because I'm like, I'm the older sister. Like, I'm the protector of my, you know, my siblings. Um, and me not being able to do anything about it, it really hurt. But one thing I did have to learn was I can't fix this one. This is not my fight to, to fix. So it, it took a while for me to realize that. So now I'm really in a place of, okay, we're just going to go with it. I'm going to do my part as the big sister to be there, you know, for you to you know, act, give you advice when you need it. But I can't be the one to physically do it for you because you have to work with yourself. So my grief is not so much um, death, but more so relationship. Mm -hmm. I think you're next. Yeah, I think you're next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I am. I don't recognize where I've suffered grief just yet. I'm still currently in that process of working through the different emotions. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because for me, I don't show a lot of emotion. Right? And. I recognize now that the I I associate emotions and crying with weakness. Mm -hmm. And I can't show that because then not only weak, but I feel that someone is going to take advantage of that because they have in the past. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I have to hold that here, deep within, and I don't let it out. Like me, yeah. oh, like I ain't crying. I'm yeah, like, oh, I'm yeah. not gonna do it yeah. because no, if not, I do, then yeah. you, you will no, then know where to poke mm -hmm. and stab. Mm -hmm. Like you got the best of exactly. Okay. Okay. So I'm working on that. That's that's straight honesty for you to say, hey, I'm yeah. working on this because a lot of us in these days and times, if you really think about how the world has been going, we don't want to open up because it makes us open up to the world. Mm -hmm. Social media has changed so much to where you see people now crying out for help, and we're not so used to responding to the help to where we're like, wait, uh, I think when we was all together, I read that meme that said. Instead of parents saying, hey, I need help. And the family was like, oh, you got this. Yeah. And in the end was like, no, I don't. That's why I'm telling you I, I need help before we get to an end of where we are literally grieving because someone took it into their own hands to figure out how I'm going to get to this next step. And unfortunately, it's sometimes taking their own life and everything else because they don't know how to express it because we don't listen anymore. Or it's even... I am the one to always provide the help. Mm -hmm. And there's no right. one there for me. Yeah. No I like how everybody said, y'all. That's the one. There's no one there to catch me if I fall. Yeah. I'm there to catch everyone else. Yeah. And you feel lonely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You feel lonely because it's like, 
that that trust mechanism when you go back and you and for us it's like wait for me it's when you ask for help and you tell them this is what I need help with, but they do the opposite. Yeah. That that that's why I'm like asking or or they constantly remind you, oh, I helped you yep. with this, mm. or I did this for you. Yeah, I don't need no one. Like, that was already me. Don't dig on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 Tasha. Yeah. 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 And it was 2017 and 19 because my he had father died in 2017. They mm-hmm. went turned around in 2019 that she was the one that was already there. Mm-hmm. So and now my kids are suffering from that. How do you like tell people how you guys because you 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 definitely try to make sure your kids remember. And, and you allow them to express how they feel, you know, how do you maneuver that? Because a lot of us just don't know how to do that, especially with kids. Because death is becoming more common lately with younger kids than when it was when we was growing up. So what I do or like did, at first I, I thought I was pushing on them too much. So I would take them to the grave every now and then. Then they, they told me, because I know what I love about kids, any kid, not just mine, any kid, these kids this day, more open with what mm-hmm. they say. So what I did was let them, now I let them tell me when they want to go to the grave or mm-hmm. when they want to, you know, do something. Mm-hmm. Like that on the night and um, I don't remind, once I would remind them every night. Yeah. They auntie died on the 30. I remind them on the 30. So now I don't do that. Mm-hmm. If you remember, you remember. But, but what my youngest son, he, um, yeah, recently, I did. We just recently talked about him without crying, mm-hmm. and then so I told him. I said, "Get!" He didn't even realize that he didn't cry, and so I was like, "After you know, he finished his whole topic talking about it." And I said, "Gabe, I said, you know what? I said you did good this time. I said you didn't cry when you talked about it, and he didn't even realize that, mm-hmm. you know. So just nice yeah. So I just let them tell me instead of me keep on reminding them how they um bury him on Valentine. So. Um, I remind them on Valentine. I remind them just let it be free. Like my mm-hmm. daughter does, she wants to do counseling. I'm gonna let her do counseling. Mm-hmm. In her mm-hmm. mind, it's like she he left her and he didn't leave you. He didn't have a choice. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's it. Different. Sometimes it feels like they they left. Yeah. Even yeah. though you you kind of know that they were taken from you, it's yeah. like. The only reason I knew that because she wrote a school <laughs> paper. She wrote a school paper as if he made left. Mm-hmm. So like she wrote a school paper to hide and she read paper to me. You know, it's funny because a friend of mine, she lost her husband and her son six months apart. Mm-hmm. But something that she told me, she said she, in her head, she knew her husband had that. She knew. Uh, excuse me. She 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 knew her husband had that. But her son she had an expectation of him walking back in the door. And her mom said, she told me, she said, her mom told her, you know he's not coming back. Like, he's gone. And she said when she had that realization that, no, he's dead. His ashes are sitting right there. She said it hit her. I think it's, I that's think, when she grieved. I think it's because, too, like, having 
haven't had that person there with you all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you can't even fathom that they're not there anymore. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm not gonna say it's more out of repetition, but it's like this expectation, like this person's gonna be here with me. They're here, like you're expecting them to come home at five o'clock, mm -hmm. and it's five o'clock, and this person's not there. Yeah. So, and then you don't want to come to that realization, like they're not coming back anymore. So yeah. it's 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 a mind thing as well, like. But once you do realize that, that grieving can properly be. That's why I say it, it doesn't. Yeah. You guys think that it that holds up a grieving process? It too? does. Yeah. I think it do. I think yeah. it's like with my kid, they uh, every time I like see her picture, I think I was over it, but after her picture, I cry. Mm -hmm. That feeling never goes away. No. It, it's not a feeling that, you know, every time you see a picture or something, you hear something you that reminds you of the person, you smell something that reminds you of the person. Mm -hmm. So they're always, there's going to be something there, but allowing yourself to cry around, allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to be in that moment. I think it, was, it it helps. It yeah. does. It does help. So, like honestly, like I don't know what I would do any like someone close to me. I've had you know bad buddies and stuff like that who have um have passed. But yeah, like someone like super super I would just I don't like I say if my mom go it's gonna be a problem. Like I if I'm still in the military, go ahead and get me out because I'm not staying. Like, but you know it's funny that you said it because. You know, we question death sometimes, like, well, God, why? You know, in our mindset, we know somebody who's, we think they're going to stay forever. Like, look here, you let them live 900 years in the beginning. I don't understand why we're going to do that now. But I, I like, this is something me and my husband spoken about. So with my mother's death, I didn't realize her death because 2020, 2014 was hard. I had my mother's death, my ex fiance death, my, my battle buddy military, um, MJ, hmm. her death all in a span before I had Janae. And what I did not realize was God was preparing me for the things to come and to walk people through those close family members' death. Because I'm thinking, man, why I'm going through ABC and KD? And God was like, because this is preparing me for other people that's about to walk through this, people who's coming up with cancer and preparing people for what's ahead. And in my head, you know, you know how we always say, but this happened, I'm going to go ABC and D. I realized as I started to lose more people, I had more peace over time, it, which it sounds crazy to some, but I have more peace because my thing is about this one is, you know, we know their spirit, we know they right, we know where they're going. And honestly, sometimes I'll be looking like, well, Jesus, you look more better than heaven than it is on this earth. But hmm. I've come to the realization that, okay, we're not supposed to be here. Yeah. Okay, God, but are, are, are we really ready to go home? Like that's what I say now. Were, were they were they so prepared to really go home? Because my one goal in my life is I know I'm gonna leave this earth, but I want to leave this earth where my grave is empty. And what I mean by that is that I utilize all my gifts and everything that I don't want to mm -hmm. leave here with a full grave at all whatsoever. I want to do what I'm called to do. So when I leave here, I've done my calling and my time is done. So I'm a little different now with death because God has prepared me because I've seen a lot of it, even been in the military. Seen a lot. I prepared my soul to know. Okay, let me pray for these people. But again, I'm, you know. For me, we said we said um, peace to me after two deaths the last two deaths. It felt like I felt numb to death. Like I, mm -hmm. I know it happened, but I can't even 
breathe with you because I'm known. Like, and I don't you ain't known yet. So for me, um, I would say in 2025 seconds, um, watching females, uh, role models for, you know, us, you know, um, specifically the females in my family, um, watching them always figure it out, always have an answer, always having to be that superwoman or be strong. Mm. I didn't know how to do it. So I had to learn how to breathe. But also understand that, you know, sometimes you have to let people go angry. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's another form of love. You know, mm. like when we talk about tough love, like that's that's mm. really what it is. And it, it's by far, um, it, it's not easy. Um, but, you know, I've learned um, that sometimes you have to let go of some of these people that, yeah. that we care about or we want to do, like we talked about, you know, your sister, I mean, my sister had to do her own growing, you know, I had to lose a husband, he had some growing to do, um, my own daughter, you know, like I had to go through all these things and still am working through a lot of those things, but everybody, every time I lost somebody else, I gained somebody else. So, even though I lost them, I found somebody else, so now I always had somebody on my left, but I got my left and my right, so that, you know, kind of hold me up and, and remind me that it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, a, um, it's, it's a process. Yeah, it's every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. fine. I, I think for me, it's, uh, I, I think I'm still in that grieving stage um, after, you know, losing my grandma and, uh, of course, going through a divorce. It's been a lot of grief, but it's also been guilt too, because um, I think with grief comes guilt, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it came down to filing for divorce. And even though I wanted my marriage to work and I fought for it, I still felt guilty because I'm mm-hmm. like, here I am breaking down everything that I built, mm-hmm. that we built together. Um, and how is it going to not only affect me, but how is it going to affect my children? Are they going to be upset with mommy because mommy had to create this separation? Mm-hmm. So I, I carried that with me for quite some time. And thank God I'm past it because it was beginning to destroy me. I'm like, there has to be something that has to, to change. And with me filing for a divorce and going through it and, of course, seeing a therapist, um, it got me to this point where I'm at now. Happily engaged, moving on with my life. As far as grieving the loss of my grandmother, I still grieve her. I miss her. Because, like you said, you never think that they're going to. I'm learning that, um, sorry. Okay. You know how you pull strength from other people? Mm-hmm. I pulled a lot of my strength from her. And uh, the thing that I feel like where my strength was tested when I had to do her makeup for her service. Mm-hmm. And even though she was not breathing, I still felt her strength. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way I was going to be able to do that without her presence still being there. And I think that's what keeps me still going, is knowing that physically she's not here, but I'm still pulling from her strength. 
Absolutely. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, even though the body is not here, that spirit is still here. And, and people don't realize that the good and the bad spirit, yeah. they mm -hmm. stay behind, yeah. especially depending on what your energy is drawn from, what your heart really desires. And a lot of people refuse to get help because it becomes like it's an addiction. You don't want to face the realness of it. A lot of us have lived off of grandma prayers mm -hmm. um, and all those things. A lot of us remember being at grandma in them houses and stuff of that nature. But a lot of us has grown up in a community and a village of this is family. This is blood. They are better than the ones outside of the door. Mm -hmm. People's secrets in here. Mm -hmm. And we have so many dysfunctional families to where I would say a part of my guilt came from not speaking up. Um, to be 40 years old and not speaking up until two years ago, you know, that's been the hardest part because it's, um, I, like I posted on my Facebook that one day is that I'm loud, I'm colorful and I'm bold. And what a lot of people don't know is, you know, when I told people when I was in school that I hated life and like, I can't tell you was smiling. I didn't know how else to be. And so my guilt was just not being open and honest, but it was also fear. It was the vulnerability of, you know, being judged. And I was already being judged, but mine was being judged by family. You know what I'm saying? To where I'm getting it now anyway. Yeah. Um, but my guilt came from some days I felt like I didn't protect the people that needed protected. You know, I don't regret it now by no means. But I used to, in my head, really think my siblings are the way they are right now because of this, 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 and this. Could have done something different. Maybe if I spoken up a little more. However, now where I'm at is it wouldn't have done no good anyway because they wasn't my assignment in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We all have a different destiny. So, you know, guilt plays a part also, especially in grief, like you said, is that um, guilt also makes us make some decisions that we later on really will regret because we, we made decisions out of uh, emotions. Um, I was reading something and it was talking about forgiveness and I don't even know why it got me going there. But something that it said is forgiveness is a legal transaction, not an emotional one. Mm. Legal. Because that is something that's written by God that forgiveness, forgiveness is not for us. I'm, excuse me, it's not for them, it's for us. Mm -hmm. um, and when I read that and I said, oh, it's a legal transaction. Like, wait a minute, Jesus. Binding. Binding. Mm -hmm. um, and not an emotional one, because technically, emotionally, well, if you guys really think about, if you're willing to tell what you've done in an emotional state that you're like, oh, if I was saying I wouldn't have done that. Anybody got one? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
a decision that you make out of emotion and not thinking straight. Ooh, honey. Oh, uh, but you know, I made this decision because he was looking real good, and I realized, and I just got out of here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an analytical person, so I think about all of it before I do it. Y'all can see that before I say it. So if I do it, I'm meant to do it. Oh, you sound like that person like I'll ask for forgiveness, like intentional. Yeah. See, mine and mine definitely wasn't intentional. Mine's literally because it felt right at the moment, and I was moved by my emotions Mm -hmm. and not logic. I'm way too. As do I. It's it's more logical versus emotional. And see, I'm more, I'm definitely a sensitive being. Mm-hmm. So my emotions always come. And then I regret later. I'm like, dang it, that was my emotions. Crap. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, now I'm like, no. Who we? Yeah. The best way to be honest about it. Yeah. Period. I stopped talking. That part. There's no reason for me to continue to repeat myself mm-hmm. and continue to say what I need to say. I've already said it. I've said, said it. If you do not respond and or continue to do what I've asked you not to do, then you wouldn't give a damn about me. Mm. Okay. So I will say this. So one of the things I did, I get. Yeah, I'm thoughtful about it. Like I, I think about it. There is a process. I do not talk a lot. Because I don't. Exactly. And you know me. I look, I watch, mm-hmm. I listen, I observe, I feel the energy mm-hmm. and the vibes. And if I need to say something, I will. You choose whether to act on what I've said or not. And however you choose to divide that line, maybe that's not what you but that part. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a lot of backlash for that. Oh, you're too forward, you're too honest, you're too honest. And it's like, well, what way do you want me to be? You want me to tell you the truth. This is me. Accept me for who I am. That's my truth. Yeah, this is me. I'm trying to cut back, but when you cut back, you holding in who you really And I did that all through all through school. Like and still into adulthood. I'm 43 and I'm just I'm starting to completely give people a more full picture of who I am. Mm-hmm. They think they have known me, but they don't. Because they have never taken the opportunity to really talk to me mm-hmm. and listen. They hear to respond. <laughs> they don't listen to me. So I'm talking to myself. And so I stop talking. There's no need for me to talk to you because you just want to respond to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And you're not listening to what I'm saying because mm-hmm. there's something behind what I'm saying and how I'm saying. Yeah. Well, good. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I need to talk to. No, what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. 
She wants to say she loves the Ralph Connor. Like, what I said. Okay, well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to feel what <laughs> Uh -huh. I'm just saying. So how do you guys feel? So I'm you guys know I'm really big in the forgiveness complex. I, I study it because I think it's an important part of our life. And so I, I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, the Old Testament says this. Okay. What does the New Testament say? Well, I'm not worried about that. No, no. What does the New Testament say? That part. So the Old Testament talks about um, how, you know, it's, a, it's an eye for an eye or two for a tooth and so on. However, the New Testament, um, they have a conversation with Jesus, um, and you can find it in Exodus and in Matthew, but they spoke about when Peter said, well, how many times should I forgive him? And he said, he said seven. No, he says, yeah, he said seven. And God said seven. I mean, Jesus said 70 times seven. And in reality, that's 490 times of forgiveness. And we know some people are way past that limit. <laughs> It's not, it's not, you know, every time you got to forgive them, you take a number away. It's not, you know, 490. You won't get a number. It's not now, like, you won't get it. You won't get it. You won't get it. You won't get it. You
you're going to admit the things that you've done. You're going to do all of this. And, and God, God like, you got to be able to take it without getting, I'm sorry. You got to be able to take it without them changing anything because it's not your job for them to change. He's like, that's mine. And so I'm thinking all the stuff that I'm missing because I have this much hurt from what you did. So i never forget one of my girls, Sabrina, gave me a mirror. And she said, I want you to look in this mirror and I want you to say, I accept your apology. And I said, to who? She said, your dad. But I won't lie, that was the day it hurt the most. And ever since that day, in 2013, he has done things that should require me to still hate you, but I don't. Do I fool with them? Absolutely not. However, though, if you ask me to pray for him, just like I had to pray for that enemy of mine for two months ago, ain't got no problem doing it. Because at the end of the day, my loss is greater than them. I can't afford to miss a blessing because I want to stick you in this box and lock you up. No, I'm going to cut you free because God needs to work on you and I have to accept that you need working on. But it's not my job. That's like being in marriage. You can't go to God so when Jesus run did this, and Jesus will look at you like this. I don't even know why you come to talk to me about Ron. I'm gonna need you to look at yourself and look in the mirror. What do you need to change? Well, look at Jesus. I didn't come to you about that. <laughs> I said Ron did this, and God had to put me in check and say, This ain't about Ron, this is about you. So when I look at the people who have hurt me, and I look at the closet that I put them in, the list was stacked. And I really had to go, but these people sleep in real peace. And I'm over here in turmoil because unforgiveness calls sickness. Unforgiveness calls me to not be able to get pregnant when I felt like I wanted to get pregnant. I had to, no kidding, forget. You know how I always say, unless Jesus stepped on the throne. Jesus stepped <laughs> on the throne April 2023 and 2013 and said, if you want to be a mother naturally, you need to forgive the one that birthed you. And his words was, I will not will not allow you to carry a child in a toxic womb because of unforgiveness. And I had to go and forgive my mother. And I had to accept the fact that I may not get an apology. Well, that is the end of this episode, but we're not done yet. Come back to hear what they had to say about what I meant by forgiveness and putting people in a closet. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. And we're going to end it by talking about mommy's guilt. So come back next week and listen to us and hear what we got to say. As I always say, live fearlessly and have a whole lot of faith. Come and check us out.